You are listening to The Tish with Rabbi Michael Knopf, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Michael Knopf, please visit MikeKnopf.com. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit JCastNetwork.org. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. It's uh, um, the next uh, edition in our series of What's the Point of Judaism, going uh, mitzvah by mitzvah and talking about the rationale for, for them, what, uh, um, what, what human need they are seeking to address, what job they're trying to get done. Um, we have a very sensitive subject today, um, which is Brit Milah, uh, circumcision of, uh, uh, of uh, male uh, Jews. Um, on the uh, uh, on the eighth day of uh, of, of birth um, is how the mitzvah um, ends up coming down, but it shows up in our parsha this week with uh, um, Abraham circumcising uh, himself, or being told by God to circumcise himself, and circumcising himself when he's uh, um, at the age of, if I'm not mistaken, ninety nine or ninety or something like that. Um, so that takes guts. Um, and, uh, and and circumcising Ishmael, his uh, son, his only son at the time, um, uh, who was uh, 13 at the time. Um, but the mitzvah itself comes down uh, to a circumcise uh, um, on the eighth day. Um, and I think that, uh, in, in, in a sense, that's, a, um, that's a, a very practical consideration on two different levels. The first is that uh, um, uh, eight days... Um, means that uh, you are not old enough to really um, uh, feel the pain of it, uh, at least uh, in the it, it, um, it, after the immediate uh, procedure is done. Um, the, um, the babies forget very quickly and very easily, um, and uh, and from what uh, um, from what I've seen and what I understand, it's not really the proce- the procedure isn't really all that painful for a uh, for for a baby. Most of the uh, pain response seems to come um, by the exposure to coldness and things like that. Um, so it's an interesting thing. Uh, but eight days is in part, I think, for that reason. But eight why eight days and not you know one day or two days or four days. Um, uh, uh, I, I like the the sense of the tradition that eight days means um, that you are um, uh, young enough uh, that uh, that it's a relatively painless procedure, uh, but uh, old enough that uh, um, it's not it's not as risky a procedure. So eight days is sort of right in that sweet spot. Yeah. I also think that the baby is bonded with, at least with the mom by oh. that point, since I have two sons. Um, I mean, like one of my one of my sons had a really hard time learning how to nurse. It took him a few days. So I think it's not just that they're less vulnerable, but there's a relationship established. Mm. And so, and so, how does that help the baby? Because as soon as it's done, take the baby and nurse the baby. Mm. Good. And also the relationship provides strength, right? The, the, the baby was, uh, in a sense, stronger in the womb, right? And, uh, and, and is in a, a somewhat weaker position out of the womb. It's a, um, uh, there's a theory of the, of the fourth trimester, right? That, that, that the next three months really um, um, ought to be um, uh, uh, replicating the experience of the womb because it was a traumatic thing for the baby to leave. <laughs> Um, and so a, a bond with the mother in that way um, uh, is, uh, is strengthening, I think. I think you're right. Um, so, uh, so that, I think, is a, um, 
why eight days, um, or some of the possible reasons for eight days, that's not really um, the um, the the why of the mitzvah itself, though, which is um, uh, an important question, um, especially today when uh, the mitzvah seems to be um, under assault um, uh, by, I think, well-meaning people for the most part. There are certainly some very anti-Semitic people who are making arguments against circumcision. But I think for the most part, it's uh, uh, the, the people who are most taken with the movement against circumcision are fairly well-meaning people who don't want to hurt their children. Um, and uh, I think that that's reasonable. Um, and, uh, and I think that the tradition knew that this is a, uh, a, a painful, potentially painful procedure, certainly for adults, um, and a, uh, a traumatic procedure, potentially traumatic procedure for, uh, for, for the parents. Um, so it, it certainly uh, knew that and nevertheless commanded it. Um, so I guess the, the, the two options is that the tradition is barbaric um, and uh, is commanding something barbaric for the sake of barbarism, or the tradition um, has a, uh, 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 a, uh, a, a, a real end that it's trying to accomplish, uh, an, an understandable and rational end that it's trying to accomplish through the rite of circumcision that we um, are, are supposed to seek to understand. Um, not discounting the possibility that the first thing is true, I like to uh, approach the tradition with, uh, with with charity first, with a charitable lens first, to see if they're actually, if, if one looking at it, uh, uh, could, uh, could could find a uh, um, a meaningful rationale for for the commandment. And indeed, I think for circumcision, there are a, a good number of them. Um, so I want to explore a few of them. Uh, we'll start with the um, with the Sefer Echinuch, which has been our source text as a jumping off point, and then we'll uh, talk about uh, uh, possibly a few others and, and hear your thoughts about it as well. Um, so uh, let's start in the second uh, paragraph. The substance of the precept. Do you guys see where I am on page eighty-five? Ve'inyan mitzvah zo in Hebrew. Ve'inyan mitzvah zo. The substance of this mitzvah. Hu shechotchin haorla hamechap. Hamechapa Rosh Agvia Uporin Krum Rach Shalamata Mimena Kadeshitit Gale Rosh Atara Shebooto Ever. So the, the, the essence of the commandment is to cut away the foreskin covering uh, the, the head of the membrum, and uh, it uncovers the temper membrane beneath it so that the head of the corona in that organ should be revealed. Um, uh, I would draw you a diagram, but uh, I imagine that you have a sense of, uh, of the, the anatomy that I'm talking about. Um, it's an interesting way he describes it, though. Yeah, I mean, if you ever actually, uh, you know, so when I was in rabbinical school, um, there was a there was a, a point at which I wanted to uh, uh, learn to be a mohel. It seemed uh, um, like a very um, um, uh, uh, well, yes, that's true. But it also, it also seemed uh, like uh, um, uh, something that, in the end, that I didn't uh, quite have uh, um, time to, to to work on and still uh, be ordained in the amount of time that I wanted to be ordained. Um, and I would have to do it in Israel and had to pretend that I was not conservative. It was a whole thing. Because um, in the conservative movement, the only way uh, now, I think, to become a mohel in the conservative movement is to be an MD. Um, but, uh, but anyway, we were learning about Brit Milah in our life cycles class, and I said, you know, uh, as, a, as a rabbi, I want to, you know, um, uh, not, uh, uh, not get woozy at these things. I want to know exactly. So I, so I watched 
there, there are YouTube videos, um, uh, you, know, uh, you know, training videos, whatever, um, about, uh, about this, so you can look, uh, you can look yourself. Um, and uh, so I watched, uh, uh, almost on loop for a little while, a YouTube video of, uh, of the procedure. Um, uh, it, a really interesting procedure, um, and, uh, um, so it, it, and, it, and it worked. Right? I desensitized myself to it. You know, the first couple times, it was a not a pleasant experience, and after that, I'm like, okay, it was more scientific. Scientific. I kind of understood what was going on, um, but I think that's a, a, a good description of uh, what what is happening um, that that he gives here. Um, um, but here's uh, that's the description of the procedure. Now the reason, ki adua because it's known to people who understand she tashlum surata adam behasir mimenu ota orla shehi tosefetbo. Okay, it's known to understanding people that the completion of the form of a person comes only when you remove from him the uh, the, the foreskin that is a uh, um, uh, an unnecessary addition to him. In other words, we're created uh, imperfect. Men are created imperfectly. Men are definitely created imperfectly. This is one area in which men are created imperfectly, um, and uh, and and uh, and, uh, and we are responsible for for completing God's act of creation by uh, circumcising the the foreskin. Now, a question you could ask that is that if that's true, then why is it not something that's in the Sheva uh, Mitzvot B'nai Noach? Why is it uh, something that's not commanded to non-Jews as well? If, if, if human beings are supposed to be partners with God in creation and, and uh, the human form is incomplete uh, with, with, uh, with uh, foreskin, uh, then, um, then why is it not commanded to, to non-Jews? That's a good question that I don't have necessarily an answer for. I just want to put it out. Um, uh, it's also a complicated theological answer, the notion that God created us deliberately and perfectly so we could complete, uh, uh, complete that act. Um, it's also something that uh, is virtually impossible to prove. Right? So one could easily, and people who are against circumcision often make the argument that... Um, uh, that uh, that uh, it's actually the opposite, right? That we're created a uh, you know a, a, a fully intact, perfect human being, and circumcision uh, mutilates a uh, an intact human body. And Judaism uh, that uh, is supposed to uh, bristle at uh, mutilation of the body should also um, uh, uh, discourage circumcision. So why is it that a tradition that say doesn't uh, encourage tattooing or body piercing or things like that? Um, why is it that we encourage this act of, uh, of, of body mutilation? Um, so, uh, so anyway, but that's the first answer, is that we are um, uh, completing God's creation, and that we are therefore partners with God in the act of creation by, uh, by, by performing circumcision. Um, that's, uh, that's the first response. Um, he goes on. Misharshe mitzvah zo, so the, uh, an additional root of this commandment, lefi sheratzah Hashem yibarach likboa ba'am asher hivdil liot nikra al shemo ot kavua begufam lahavdilam mishar ha'amim betzurat gufam kemoshehem muvdalim mehem betzurat nafshotam asher motza'am mevoam ena shave, enenu shave. Okay, it's a, a, a 
complicated and somewhat challenging idea. Some ways really beautiful idea, some ways really challenging idea. So the root of this mitzvah is that God uh, wanted to establish a fix in his uh, in in his chosen people um, uh, 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 that uh, that he had chosen to be called uh, by his name a uh, a fixed sign in their flesh to distinguish them from the rest of the nations um, in the uh, in the form of their body. Uh, in the same way that God had um, uh, um, done so in the form of their soul. Right? So this is coming from an idea um, that has um, had uh, popularity in some instances and sometimes in some branches of Judaism that, uh, that Jews are born with a different soul, different uh, level of soul, different kind of soul than non-Jews. Um, uh, and uh, uh, by the way, I've heard this, um, um, uh, first of all, uh, this very uh, common um, uh, a part of uh, Chabad uh, thought still to this day. It was a part uh, um, in uh, the Tanya, which is the, uh, um, the the writings of the first rabbi of uh, Chabad, uh, Shner Zalman of Liadi. He, he uh, expounds on this idea um, uh, greatly. Um, but I've also heard that uh, um, uh, that the, this notion of, of different souls is uh, is uh, um, uh, not uh, not exclusively limited to those who are born Jewish. Um, that uh, that uh, that there are people out there with Jewish souls, um, even if they weren't born to a Jewish family, um, which means that uh, that uh, non-Jews too have the capacity to uh, to have an, uh, this kind of elevated soul, and it uh, helps explain. There there are people who who convert to Judaism and say, you know, I always felt like I was Jewish, right? Um, now I'm, I'm not necessarily endorsing that. I'm just saying that it may be a slightly uh, more palatable version of that the, of that uh, philosophy. Um, but nevertheless, that's where the Sefer Chinuch is going. Is that uh, is that we were created with uh, different souls uh, than, uh, than than non Jews, and God wants us to um, to uh, um, uh, um, make our bodies therefore distinguishable in the same way that our souls are distinguishable from uh, from from non Jews. Muslims do have circumcision, but there were no Muslims at the time of the writing of the Bible, right? Um, so Muslims, um, it's an interesting, that I don't know a lot of the history of circumcision in Islam. Certainly it's related to uh, their um, uh, sense that uh, Abraham is their ancestor as well, and, and Ishmael is their ancestor. Um, the history of Islam is very much tied into um, a, uh, a, a, an intimate knowledge of and, uh, and affinity for and respect of uh, Judaism that existed in the Arabian Peninsula in uh, um, in the eighth century. Um, so. Um um, uh, so it's not surprising then uh, that uh, circumcision in Islam would be um, uh, in part a, uh, a, a, connect, a, a very conscious connection to Judaism. I don't know if it was practiced by um, um, indigenous um, uh, Arabic cultures even before Judaism or coexisting with Judaism. It may have been a practice that existed in the ancient Near East um, in places aside from um, uh, Canaan, the land of Israel, and places like that. I, I don't know enough of the history of it. It certainly wasn't practiced um, in um, in what we uh, uh, what, what's now sort of called the Gaza Strip, the Mediterranean coast of Israel, Philistia, um, right? The Philistines, um, uh, according to the Torah, at least, um, didn't practice circumcision, and, and Greek peoples that that were their ancestors didn't practice circumcision, um, which uh, which is is their great. Well, it depends on your definition of great. There are 
interesting stories in the in the Tanakh um, related to the, uh, the the lack of uh, of circumcision among um, the the Philistines. And there's a, a story of um, of uh, um, Saul wanting to um, uh, uh, wanting to uh, um, um, lead toward David's death. And so he has him go and capture uh, the foreskins of, I think, a hundred Philistine soldiers, um, and, and miraculously he was able to do it. He was, you know, he like snuck into the camp, got their foreskins, and then walked out of the camp, um, which. I'm not sure uh, how would have uh, would have been physically possible. I guess that's the you know miracle of the story. Um, seals in. with the Navy Seals. Yeah. Really. <laughs> he was a he was the uh, he was Seal Team Six. Uh, he was Saul Team Six. Um, so uh, um, and anyway, okay. So that's the uh, Sefrachinoch's um, um, approach. Is the first uh, notion is that uh, um, is that circumcision is done to uh, make Jewish bodies distinguishable from non-Jewish <laughs> bodies in the same way that Jewish souls are distinguishable from uh, from from non-Jewish souls, um, just as they are uh, in in their motza'am mevoam in in shaved. They're they're exiting and entering in the world. Right, their way of being in the world is also different. Right, so Jews should be distinguished on those three levels: their souls, their bodies, and their deeds. Right. Um, and, uh, uh, and if you're if if you're not distinguished in all of those three ways of being, um, then uh, then then um, then uh, there's no clear distinction between between Jew and non-Jew. Um, okay, so that's the that's that's the first theory. Vinikba hahevdel begulat hazahav lefishu siba lekiyum hamin. Okay, this is an, an important one. Um, it's he connects it to that previous idea, but I think it can exist on its own, uh, that, the, uh, that this distinction is specifically engraved in, um, in the um, uh, regenerative part of the body, the, um, the procreative part of the body. Um, uh, that uh, that that it's the um, that it's the place where the species is uh, is uh, um, repopulated, um, and and I think that uh, that taking aside the the um, the making Jews different from non-Jews piece of this, um, uh, um, the notion of um, of of a, of a sign of the covenant um, uh, uh, um, uh, Made as part of our bodies um, is, I think, a um, an important one, right? Not necessarily as a distinguishing factor between for non-Jews, but as a, uh, a, a a perpetual reminder for ourselves of who we are, right? I can't go anywhere, even if I choose not to wear. If I choose not to wear tzitzit, I don't wear to fill in for a, a year. You know, I uh, I go to a desert island where there's no other Jews. There's two synagogues, but there's one I go to and one I don't go to. There's a desert island where there's no other Jews, right? I go to any of these places, and uh, and and in in all those different ways, I'm disconnected from Judaism. Still, I'm connected to who I am and what I'm supposed to be doing in the world. I can't escape it. Right, I think that that's an important thing, and the fact that it is um, on the sexual organ that uh, that that I um, I know that that my responsibility is to transmit that covenant to the next generation. Right, it's it's not it's not just a sign on my flesh; it's a sign on my flesh that that this isn't just about me. This is about what comes after me too. 
right? And it's also, therefore, about what came before me. Um, uh, that, I think, is a powerful symbol, and I don't think you can get more powerful than, uh, than, than a symbol um, in, inscribed in, in your body in that way. So I think that there's a, a, a real uh, sense of, of that, that, um, um, that uh, without circumcision, um, it's virtually impossible to achieve. Um, Right, no one likes uh, no one likes to, uh, to to harm or injure their child, but uh, but but if if uh, if, um, if 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 uh, if if being if being and doing and continuing Jewish is um, is an important value, then I think circumcision matches as an important value. Um, um, okay, and this is a, 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 a slightly different idea, but related to what we saw above, that, uh, that uh, uh, God, uh, um, or that rather the chosen people, um, um, uh, the chosen people want, uh, um, uh, want uh, to, um, excuse me, Hebrew backwards grammar. God wanted to uh, complete the form of uh, the of of His chosen people. And God wanted this change to be affected uh, by man and not to have been created by God. Right, God wants us. So God could have created uh, Jews with uh, with with already circumcised body parts, but God wanted us to be to do the act. One because it would be substantially less powerful and meaningful a symbol if we were created that way. Right, uh, my my nose isn't a symbol to me. I mean, it's a, you know it's a symbol to me that it's a big nose, but it's uh, but it's not a symbol to me of of who I am and what I what I do. My fingernails aren't a symbol to me, but uh, but but something that I that 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 is that is consciously and deliberately altered in my body is always so is why people get tattoos after all right um, that it's that 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 the act of of changing my body is uh, or having my body changed is uh, um, is a is a much more powerful and lasting symbol and um, that uh, that it's symbolic of the notion that we are supposed to be partners with God in creation that's the Jewish task that uh, that that God <laughs> created a deliberately imperfect world, and our responsibility is to help God perfect it. Can I ask a question, Rabbi? Yeah. This is, I, I don't want to, I, I have a general philosophical question, mm-hmm. so I don't know if this is the right time or not. So, <clears throat> so I assume that there are no feminist um, uh, 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 observant feminists and scholars. Maybe there are, I don't know. There's, there definitely are. Okay. So then how did they deal with this? I mean, you, you're saying, well, this is what God wanted Jews to be marked, but of course it's only the men that we're talking about. Yeah. Um, and, and I realize that there are different parts of, of the, the Torah that impose different obligations on men and on women, but um, how do they deal with this? Um, the truth is I haven't done enough of the research into um, feminist writings on this subject in particular to speak intelligently about it, um, you know, in, in 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 a way, in sort of a cynical aspect, I would imagine that they are um, uh, that 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 
let's say they agree with the premise or the premises of partnership and creation and uh, and physical reminders of the of the commandments. Um, well, there's also, I think, a sense that uh, um, that the, the the Jewish tradition was uh, fairly um, urbane and, and humane in uh, in limiting this right to boys. Right? It could have said we circumcise girls as well, but we all know that that practice is um, horrifically brutal. Right? And uh, and and so it could be that the Jewish tradition is here not being um, chauvinistic, but is instead being. Uh, being uh, very consciously sensitive to, uh, to to that issue, I think that's one thing I want to um, uh, point out about it. Um, but you know, there there is. I mean, the the, the Jewish tradition in its inception um, uh, saw uh, uh, men as being the uh, um, the the carriers and transmitters of uh, Jewish lineage, right? And so, therefore, um, uh, it, it made sense. For men to carry the symbol of the covenant and and uh, not women, uh, that was changed uh, in in the uh, second temple period um, when uh, the rabbis uh, um, uh, shifted uh, lineage to be matrilineal. Um, but uh, but nevertheless, um, it still matters uh, who the who the parent is. I don't know. Have you done much research on this, Rabbi? Not the um, not research per se. I wouldn't call that research, but. The, the argument that we usually uh, encounter against that uh, thinking is that women are born perfect, while men are not. So it's kind of reversal uh, thinking, like they don't need it because they are born perfect, while men are not. And then mm. men need it, women don't. <clears throat> also, I think that the modern response to, to your question is... Uh, Brit bad ceremony. Yeah. What is not here is the the, the covenant piece. Uh, the, this yeah. piece, what we have read so far, is strictly the the physical mm-hmm. uh, changes that need to be applied to a boy uh, uh, when he's born. But doesn't say anything about the covenant, which is how we differentiate today Brit Mila from circumcision. And the parallel that modern Judaism has established, and I, when I say modern, I say it with some hesitation, is the idea of the Simchat Bat, that the, the baby daughter also needs to, breathe, to be right, brought into right, the covenant. Right. Uh-huh. And I think that's where we kind of equalize. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, even after the Second Temple period, women didn't have the legal authority to, to make any kind of contract, right. let alone the covenant. Right. So. Right, um, you know, it's it, it's it, uh, this is the, I had to be careful because this is recorded. It's going to be in cyberspace, but it, but in part, you know, um, this is an area in in which I can imagine um, feminist scholars saying, like, you guys want that, have that. This is not an area where we feel the need to strive for equality, right? Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think what uh, what what uh, Rabbi Rosenwasser uh, said is, uh, is, uh, is is really important to to keep in mind. There is. Um, um, uh, um, uh, there are um, uh, equalized rituals in some ways uh, in today's uh, Jewish world, even though the, women, the, the, the female ritual don't, do, doesn't involve um, any sort of uh, um, you know, uh, physical procedure like this. Um, One thing I, you know, that has occurred to me is as you go to these ceremonies, for a lot of people who certainly fit the definition of non-observant Jews otherwise, yet most of them would not think about not 
having a breed, a circumcision for their male right. child. Well, no, I, I re- we talked about before you came in the idea that some people do resist the idea. But this is, a lot of ways, it's just done automatically. You yeah. don't think about it. Yeah. And, and why else would you do it other than the sense of commandedness? Right. Uh, well, so I, so th- that's what I want to get at here is is that is there is there a uh, is there a rationale beyond because God told you to, right? Um, and I think that um, that that there are some. I, I, I think that there are pieces of what uh, of what the Sefer Chinuch is saying here that that are actually really meaningful to me. The the notion beyond the fact that God told you to, um, the notion that what this symbolizes is uh, that our that our mission is to be co-creators with God. Right. But how right? but how many Jews today are reading the Sefer uh, Hanukkah as they're I hear, I preparing for their... Uh, <laughs> I hear you, I hear you. Uh, they should, though. Um, it's interesting, I, I don't think the most recent Pew study asked about, uh, about, about circumcision, about uh, Brit Milah, um, in the, the range of Jewish practices that it asked people about. Um, it would have been interesting to see that data, to see how many um, Jews today, even ones who are you know um, uh, Jewish but not religious, um, uh, or Jewish of no religion, um, whether or not they are circumcising their kids too. My guess is that the numbers are are, are dwindling, but I also guess that it's probably not that much. Um, I think that Jews are still circumcising, whether it's a, a, a medical circumcision because they don't really know that they're supposed to have a uh, um, a, a ritual circumcision. Um, uh, what, but they but they do a medical circumcision because they feel like, oh, I, my baby's Jewish. I'm Jewish. Um, they're supposed to be circumcised. Um, that I think, in a way, I, I know ritually doesn't count, right? But but um, uh, but but it but it counts in a way, right? That they're doing it with this with the with the uh, consciousness of uh, of of their um, of their Jewish uh, belonging, right? Um, and my guess is that still very high percentages of Jews are doing that, um, at least that. Um, but there's a, so I, I want to share with you, uh, let's just finish the last sentence here, and I want to share with you uh, um, uh, something that, that uh, um, a couple other takes on this. Um, so, Lirmoz Elav, Ki Kasher Tashlum Surat Gufo Al Yado, Ken Biado Lashlim Surat Nafsho, Behechsher Pulotav. Right, so in the way that uh, he, uh, that a person is supposed to consciously act to perfect his physical form, he's also supposed to perfect his spiritual form through his deeds. Right, so, so we learn through doing this that, uh, that, that, um, that, that what we do counts in the world. Right? Every little deed matters. Right? There's no insignificant act. Right? And that we have responsibility. We weren't, we weren't created perfect. We were created with potential. Right? And it's up to us to fulfill that potential. Right? And, the, and the act of circumcision is supposed to remind us that we are, at birth, unfulfilled potential. All right? so that's a, and, I think, and that, to me, resonates very strongly. Um, so, I don't have a baby boy. Uh, so I can't tell you uh, how it will feel when 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 I do, God willing, one day, uh, and uh, and have to and and then have to decide. I was very happy to have a baby girl and not have to uh, have a brit milah. Um, but there's a the, so so the Times of Israel has uh, this uh, section um, periodically called an ethical jam, where it has uh, an ethical issue and it has uh, people respond to it. Uh, and it had a, an, uh, the question of circumcision. So the question was, my partner and I are both active members of the Jewish community, and we recently learned we are having a baby boy. As we contemplate a breach to welcome this newborn child into the Jewish community, we feel increasingly uncomfortable with the idea of circumcising our son because of the violent nature of this ritual. 
We both honor and respect Jewish tradition, but we don't want to subject our son to a non-medical procedure of this sort. However, we are wary of how our family, friends, and colleagues will react and how this decision might affect our son as he grows older and chooses to be an active member of the Jewish community. What do you recommend we do? So Rabbi Nina Beth Cardin says, um, uh, As a mother and grandmother of sons, I hear you. There is a reason tradition had the mother of the baby sit in one room as the bris took place in another. One 18th century manuscript of Jewish women's prayers offers a moving recitation for the woman to say as she hands her child over to be circumcised. And yet hundreds of generations have chosen to participate in this ancient tradition that marks parents and child as indivisible members of the Jewish people. Our bodies are our spiritual canvas, a billboard of self of sorts. How we keep them, cover them, treat them, mind them, adorn them, reveals and reinforces our fundamental sense of self. In a society that increasingly molds and fashions bodies, from the decorative packaging of tattoos, piercings, Botox, facelifts, hair dyes, braces, tooth whiteners, and nail wraps, to the deep commitment of transgender procedures, the stories our bodies tell speak volumes. The act of bris itself is amazingly quick, just a fraction of a second. Yet its blessings and significance transcend a lifetime. The fact that you and your partner have chosen to be active members of the Jewish community and are thinking so deeply and deliberately about this issue leads me to believe that your son, too, is likely to be deeply committed to his Jewish roots, in which case, as he matures, the bris you give him truly becomes a gift. Should he grow, however, not to care about his Judaism, the bris you give him becomes inconsequential, though potentially medically beneficial, but that since this is contested, we can ignore it for now. In either case, his work is done. I'll add to that last piece. If he chooses not to care about Judaism, the bris you give him becomes inconsequential. That's true, but it also holds open the possibility that should he choose to care about his Judaism more at one other point down the road, then it all of a sudden becomes consequential again. Right? Um, and it's not something that you want a 45-year-old who is rediscovering Judaism to then say to himself, well, you know, to like really take this seriously, I've got to get myself circumcised, it'd be better to have it done for him at eight days. Right? Uh, but if your son grows and deepens his commitment to Judaism without a bris, he will be faced with the decision to undergo... Oh, she already says it. But if your son grows and deepens his commitment to Judaism without a bris, he will be faced with the decision to undergo a procedure much more emotionally, physically, and financially fraught than the bris of an infant. A bris is hard, it is emotional, but it is absolutely worth it. That's what Nina Beth Cardin says, and Rabbi Brad Hirschfield says the following. Mazel Tov and B'Sha'a Tova. Whatever you decide in terms of circumcision, this is a wonderful moment and deserves celebration. Despite being an unapologetic supporter of Brit Milah, I believe your concerns, shared by increasing numbers of people, demand serious attention. In fact, it is especially important for those of us who support this ritual to be sensitive to the very real and deeply Jewish sensibilities which animate your reservations. After all, who wants to cause their kid pain? Who wants to make such an irrevocable decision for their child, especially so soon after they're born? These are questions that arise often from precisely the kind of values we celebrate as Jews and as parents. Also, let's be clear. Whatever you decide, your child will be Jewish. Brit Milah is not an initiation ceremony. Right? That's a really important one, right? A, a, a child with a, a Jewish male without a bris is a Jew, fully a Jew. Um, 
It is, however, the most ancient, embodied, and recognized tradition we have that marks men's participation in the community that you care so deeply about being a part of. You are right. Circumcision is a big deal. Like much of life, there is some unavoidable pain, the offer of genuine comfort, and the care and love of surrounding friends and family. And also like life, it's a package deal, in which it may be impossible to jettison the tough stuff without losing much of the power of the good stuff. Perhaps that is one of the lessons of Brit Mila. I actually might argue that I think that, that what he just described may be the lesson of Brit Mila. Why do we do Brit Mila? Um, it's, it's specifically because it's a painful experience. It's a controlled painful experience. It's a painful experience done in the context of, uh, of, of, of comfort and family and friends. And it's a, it's a reminder that life is about um, pleasure and life is about joy. And you can't have one without the other. And that life involves pain. And, uh, and, uh, and, and, uh, um, and, and pain um, can always be um, experienced in a controlled context. If we allow ourselves to experience it that way. Right. Um, and, uh, um, right, and, uh, um, uh, so I think that actually he, he sort of puts this as an aside as one of the lessons. It strikes me potentially as the lesson that we're doing this specifically because it's painful, because it's hard for the parents, because it's painful for the kid. Um, and, and, and the context in which we do it, um, offers us the knowledge that, that, uh, that, that pain, um, uh, experienced in the context of joy and community is a, a, is a different kind of pain than pain experienced, um, 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 isolated and purposeless. Um, the ambivalence you feel... As a young parent, you talked about the pain, I think I would... I, I, un- I, 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 I understand that. I understand that. Um, uh, but, uh, but but what the parent needs to know um, is that um, is that in this child's life, pain is going to be unavoidable, right? And this is and and this is uh, inviting the parent. First, first of all, it's inviting the parent to, um, to 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 begin coping with the fact that not everything in their child's life is going to be in their control. Right? And some of the things that will hurt their child are not ultimately going to be in the, their control. And so in a way, right, exactly in the moment of bonding, right, it's telling the parent, um, you're gonna, the, 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 the journey of being a parent is a journey of letting go and of, 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 of relinquishing control in some way. Right? And that journey starts immediately. Right, um, providing appropriate support as well. Right, right, and that's why it's it's controlled, right? Uh, so um, I get it. I mean, I get the bringing up the, but I also, um, if someone says, you know, why why does Judaism have us do this? Um, I think that that's a real answer, and it's a real hu- a human need where we have a we we have we have a deep human need not to experience pain and not to let our kids be pain. And what this is saying is that um, is that that human need is a misguided need, right? Um, because that act, that need actually contributes to more pain and suffering, not less. At the same time, as much as we cannot control pain, we have the resource of uh, comfort. Back right. to your argument right. at the beginning of right, right. So we have we cannot control pain. That's it. That's a fact. Right. Uh, but we have tools to. Right. To offer comfort, which right. is in essence what right. we are all about in terms of right. community, and uh, we have the mother to comfort the child. We have the community the, to support the mother. It takes the parents' 
at least a week to, you know, to feel competent. Yeah. <laughs> at least a week. <laughs> at least a week. Yeah. Maybe 58 years. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. That's what I was no, none of this talks about it in a celebratory sense. It's a celebration also. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the, I guess the reason it's not talked about it in a celebratory sense is that it's hard to talk about it being celebratory when what you're dealing with is, well, well can't you celebrate the baby in a way that doesn't involve violence? Right. Um, so that's, I think, the question. Um, there's the, I don't know. I mean, there's degrees of violence and there's not. It seems to me these parents are very... It's, it is all about them, and your answer is all about them, which is what it should be. In other words, the parents are saying the very thought of, of doing anything to harm our child is so repugnant to us that we cannot deal with it. And a short answer might be get a life. Um, and, 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 and the other is you're saying, well, if you feel that way, then it's really the pain is really for you, and you have to understand yeah. that it's your pain that we're talking about, not really the child's pain that we're talking so, about. Yeah, I mean, I probably wouldn't give them that first answer. But the second answer, I think, has a lot of, uh, has a lot of depth to it and, and a lot of reality to it. Um, uh, so let's just finish what Robbie Hirschfield said. The, the ambivalence you feel is proportional to the power of this ritual and perhaps the greatest argument in favor of performing it. You appreciate the power of the act and all the ways it signals participation in the tradition you love. My advice is that you trust your intuition regarding the power of circumcision and that you and your son experience the unique power that comes from doing it. Um, your thoughts. Additional thoughts. There's. A, I come from a culture where circumcision was uh, a mutilation and uh, a way to kill your. There is a whole theory from an Argentinian uh, psychiatrist about suicide that it's a way to. The parents tend to kill their offspring, and circumcision is one of them. I, I don't subscribe to the theory, but I'm telling you. I grew in an environment where that was very prevalent. And, uh, but I think there's a counter theory where uh, through circumcision, the child or the young boy will identify with his father, which otherwise will will not have that element of, like, why am I different from my father if you decide not to do circumcision, which I think it's also powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's something I don't want to go too deep into the to the first part of what you said, but because because I think that if you delved into the uh, the, the psychodynamics of it, um, there's a um, uh, you know in the in the same way that uh, that that every uh, that Freud says you know every every son wants to kill his father and and, and marry his mother. Um, the flip is also um, uh, a, a piece of the psychodrama that's going on for the father. Um, it's reflected in the Abraham story, I think, of uh, the binding of Isaac, um, and so it could be that uh, that, that circumcision um, plays into that. That it's not that it's actually what it's, what it's trying to fight against is it's trying to remind like see how you feel when your son is even hurt a little bit, right? Now think of the 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 the, the psychology you're wrestling with that says you want your son to be hurt a lot, right? Um, so um, uh, so I think there may be something um, there in what. Uh, um, What's, what's in your culture, yeah. I was going to say that um, I've read in Jewish commentary that ritual circumcision was prevalent in in the Near East as a rite of passage, mm-hmm. and it was done to teenage boys. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, I've read an essay that, um, I don't remember who wrote it, but that um, by doing it at eight days, it was a way to humanize. Yeah. 
It's amazing so, to be in a Muslim yeah. country and see them parading around this kid in his white yeah. Bro, it, so I didn't know that they do it. They do they it at do it thirteen. It. No, they, do they, it at yeah. they don't necessarily no, do it at thirteen. They they have to do it something. up by the age of thirteen. By the age of thirteen. So they're yes. parading around this kid. He's got they his do it white to outfit mostly. and a cape, and they're taking yeah. him to band, you know all the places. I know they do up to the age of thirteen. Uh, they have to do it by the age of. When when I was in Germany with the Cantor's assembly, that was when a. Um, a provincial court in Germany, in um, it was in a province near France, um, ruled that that circumcision without the consent of the child was right. mutilation and um, an assault on the child. And, and these parents and the doctor that performed the, this Muslim circumcision were arrested. And then um, there was all this outcry at the federal level in Germany, and the um, the, the, I forget what it's called, the, the Bundes, whatever. Bundestag. The Bundestag um, passed a law making it legal for parents to decide to circumcise their child. I mean, what that local court ruling, the effect of it was, you had to get the child's consent, and they had to be old enough to consent. They had to have the yeah. <laughs> intellectual. But right. anyway, but that was really an anti-Muslim decision. Mm. Well, there was, uh, in San Francisco, the ordinance that was being proposed to, to do essentially the same thing, which I think was not an anti-Muslim thing, but was a, um, I don't know if it was deliberately an anti-Jewish thing. I think that certainly some people involved in it were doing it for, from an anti-Jewish perspective, but uh, um, I think that they were doing it with Jews in mind and not Muslims, yeah. Um, you know, we so right, uh, we, we, we are living in a world in which uh, circumcision is, um, is uh, becoming... Um, uh, is coming under assault from all from all different sides for lots of different reasons, um, and uh, and I think that um, uh, you know for for all the reasons we discuss, I and mean, I'm I'm also a, an, an unapologetic supporter of, of of circumcision for a lot of the reasons that uh, that, that we've talked about. Um, but I get, I mean, I get why um, well-meaning Jews are uncomfortable with it, right? Um, and uh, and so that's a. Uh, a, a conversation that is uh, is important to have if we think that uh, that this is a, um, a a critical part of what it means to be and to transmit Jew- Jewishness um, through the generations. All right, have a great day, everybody.